It's Tuesday, so you know what that means? It's TV Tuesday. Yes, this one's special because it is a wonderful, wondrous week. It is a week of magic, a week of wonderment, a week when a fat man breaks into people's houses and leaves weird objects. Like presents. Yes, it is Christmas week. It's also Festivus. It's also For the, the rest of us. Jection. It's all those wonderful, lovely things. Because happy holidays, everybody. I am Zan. I'm Greta. And we are from the Spark and Review Podcast. Welcome. Buongiorno. What's up? And this is TV Tuesday, Sparkins Podcast, where we talk about new and recent TV shows. We tell you them and give you a basic overview of how we felt about it. And then afterwards, we do a spoiler section. So if you've not watched the TV shows, once the music starts, stop listening. Otherwise, you will be spoiled. So you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. If you want to recommend any of them, you can email me personally at zan, that's X-A-N, at spirekin.com. Also remember to like and subscribe. And if you want to actually comment on your feelings, you can join our Discord at tinyurl.com forward slash S-P-I-R-A-D-I-S-C-O-R-D or Spira Discord. So because it is... The week of Christmas, there's lots of stuff that's on right now, but we've been focusing on some TV shows. We have three TV shows that we've been following now. One is a new show, and two are the season finales for two shows. Is that a boohoo or a yay? Boohoo and a yay. Because it sucks at the I end. Because they like it, but you want to see the winners. True. So we get to see that, and it's going to be a very intense day. Uh, we do have one show that we saw the pilot of. We're going to see how this series goes. We need to find something else to fill our time. So if you have anything, email me at zanspirekin.com or tweet me at Spirekin. It's S-P-I-R-A-K-N. So let's actually get to the review, shall we? And the first one is the one that I'm most excited to talk about in the spoiler review. But we really can't. And we're talking about the Season 2 finale of The Mandalorian. Season 2, Episode 8. Chapter 16, The Rescue, directed by Peyton Reed and written by John Favreau. Love me some John Favreau. He has taken what they ruined in the sequel trilogy and kind of fixed it. It's not completely fixed, but it's getting there. This episode culminated in everything that has been building up for the last seasons and has led to an amazing event because it is... The Mando and his new crew versus Moff Gideon over the fate of the child. Bum, bum, bum. It is an action-packed episode that deals with a lot. And most of it we can't talk about. There are droids. There's an, we'll several, talk about it in the spoiler. Action sequences. There's hints of things to come. And then there's, there's someone wearing a PPE COVID mask. Yes, we'll talk about that in a bit. And another flub, just like. Gene's but that's not guy. really a, that's not really a spoiler. But no, it's not. And then there's the cameo that everyone is talking about, which is so so monumentous. Also, it may be setting up for something else at the Stinger. So we'll talk about that in a bit. I've got to say, this is one of the best looking episodes of the season. It's well done, well choreographed. The fight made sense. A lot of people are complaining at the fact that this episode went back to the mythology because a lot of people did enjoy the fact that Mandalorian was its own thing. But due to some reasons, this brings back into the mythology. And a lot of people are saying, oh, it should just be its own thing. Don't bring the mythology in. And I respect that. I understand that. And it is frustrating that they keep going back to the old movies and the old mythology. But 
it's part of what's going on. If you think about it, it does make sense in the narrative purposes. We'll talk about this more in the spoilers, but it. I'm not going to lie. I was totally geeking out when I, I saw that. Uh, Greta, what, what was I doing in the seat when the that happened? You were like vibrating. More so than Boba Fett? Yeah. Yeah, so... You were, like, rocking back and forth, like, almost wetting yourself. <laughs> no, I would never wet myself, but I was super well, so I giddy. I almost. Was I more giddy than a schoolgirl? Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, super giddy. It was close to what my generation teenage girls with NSYNC... We'll talk about that afterwards, but this <laughs> is a... I give this a really, really, really fucking cool. I'm excited to figure out what's going to happen next season, and I can't wait to see... So that is for The Mandalorian. Second off, we have The Mass Singer finale. Yay! And if you've been watching, you know the three finalists are The Crocodile, The Mushroom, and The Sun. And this was a finale. They all gave their best, and they all did a really good job. It was an awesome finale. They're all very talented. Yes, I was surprised that one of them did not do as good as we had hoped. But from what we said from the season, the winner, we predicted it way early on. Yep. It wasn't even it wasn't even a contest. It was just yep, just hand it to this person and and we all knew who it was. It was there was some back and forth early on. There was some back and forth in the middle, but in the end we knew who it was. So the songs that were sang were Open Arms by Journey, I Wish by Stevie Wonder, The Story by Brandy Carlisle, and then there was a group performance that opened it up, which was Christmas, Baby Please Come Home by Darlene Love. And that was kind of mediocre, I think. Yeah, but I love that song. That should have been for the Christmas episode. Correct. They, yes. They should have had everybody on for the Christmas episode. They didn't, though, so yeah. This was a entertaining episode. It was well done. We'll talk more about our thoughts and our feelings in the spoilers. Uh, we will be continuing to watch this next season because this is an addictive show of guessing who's who. Uh, the se- it's fun. And the costumes are so much fun. Yes, they are. And I'm actually kind of excited for the sequel series. Even though it's kind of weird that uh, Ken Jong is going to be on that also, on The Masked Dancer. Why? I don't think that's weird at all. I think this is like so up his alley. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. Let's go. The Masked Dancer feels like, uh, it feels like just a really He's bad. He's like funny. Uh, He's like building his brand. He's capitalizing on it. He's no, he going is. For but it. the Masked Dancer feels like an offshoot of Dancing with the Stars. And Masked, it's Dancing with the Stars and Masked Singer combined to mm. make one potentially very awesome show. Or a terrible show. We will find Better it might be so terrible that it's awesome. You mean like uh, I can see your voice, which the rules change every single episode? I still like it. I can see your voice. Yeah, so it's enjoyable. I give it a worth watching once because once you know who it is, it's not worth watching it again. The songs were not really super memorable. I mean, I love the story and I loved I Wish and I loved Open Arms, but just they're not like compared to the other seasons, the songs were not that great this season. They were not at 100%. This is my the weakest season of the series so far, in my opinion. It is the weakest link. Goodbye? Yes. 
And now let us talk about the last show, the show, the newest show, a show which we saw the premiere for, the pilot for. This is a show that has long been debated for a long time to come out because this is a remake, uh, a reinterpretation of an old book from 1978 that is infamous for its length and its character development. And I'm talking about The Stand by Stephen King. This is the second adaptation. The first one was done in the 90s. It was a three-part miniseries. And this is a eight-part miniseries that's just going to be straightforward. And it's on um, CBS All Access. So they can get away with cursing, swearing, nudity. And that helps this show a lot. It's disgusting. The first episode is disgusting. It is, but it deals with a tough topic. And now that that's out of the way, we can actually get to the topic at hand. Um... For those of you who don't know, um, The Stand is often considered Stephen King's opus next to The Dark Tower. This is his Lord of the Rings. And contrary to what former uh, co-host Baz says, this is not a story about people walking to a, a volcano to throw something into the uh, Mount Doom. No, this is the story of good versus evil. It's not Lord of the Rings? Kind of. <laughs> okay. It's not, no, but it is a story of two factions. One faction is a woman who God speaks to, and the other person is someone who is... Played by Whoopi Goldberg. No, that is Whoopi Goldberg. I know. And the other person is someone... That's why I said played by Whoopi Goldberg. Um, The other individual is someone who wants you to have as much fun as you want in this new world. Because... The devil. No, not exactly. Because, all right, so um, so the first episode, The End, deals with the situation that happens. And one of the cool things about this series is that the original miniseries went in chronological order. From what occurs to the present. Now, since this is from 1970, I can spoil a little bit. So the premise is that in The Stand, there's a virus that's released called Captain Trips. And 99.9% of the population dies. The 1%, they get mysterious calling from two individuals. You have Mother Abigail, played by Whoopi Goldberg, Mm -hmm. who is telling people to go to Boulder, Colorado, where they will find peace and happiness. But then you have the mysterious Randall Flagg, who's calling all the people who are more evil to his side in New Vegas. And a clash will occur. Will good win? Will bad win? Well, that's what this is about. And this is an ensemble cast with multiple characters. And the cool thing is that unlike with Lord of the Rings, unlike with the original miniseries, this does not take place at the beginning. It opens up five months into the story. So this is after some of the main characters are in Boulder, Colorado, and they're cleaning up. And we meet three individuals. We have Stu Redmond, who's an all-American guy. Played by James Marsden. And how would you describe him? Stu's the pervert? No, Stu is uh, oh, James no. Marsden. Oh, he is... <sighs> He's kind of boring. He's just an all-American East Texan guy. He is a man out of place. He's like, why am I here? What's going on? I'm just a normal guy. He is. He's just very milquetoast, very normal guy. Then we have Franny, Franny Goldsmith, who is a girl who's got a bit of a problem. Uh, She's surviving this apocalypse, and she's pregnant, and she's... She's pregnant? Yeah. The first scene you see her, that she had the... 
And this is this there was a lot of parts that I couldn't watch. Again, this is not too spoilery because this came out in the seventies. So she's pregnant. She's dealing with that, and then I didn't know she was pregnant until later on. Well, she's played by Odessa Young, and she is played well. She's very someone who's dealing with a really messed up situation, and she's barely holding together. Yes. Because Stu, he's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to just keep trying. And he's in denial, kind of. She is... And if I'm the last guy on Earth, then there's someone who will have to sleep with me. Oh, no, no, no. That's Harold. No. Oh. Let's get to him. Harold. Uh, Harold Lauder. Creeper. Played by Owen Teague, who, if you saw... Creeper. It, chapter one and chapter two, he played Patrick. So he's already a creepy individual. He is... In the book, he's considered a just a fat guy who has an unrequited crush. They've updated him to be much more... Would you say sinister? Or he's just... He's a little darker. Not Joker from Heath... Uh, not Heath Ledger, but the, the Joaquin newest... Phoenix Joker? Yeah, not Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Dark, but on its way there. He's He is, I think, a Columbine student waiting to happen 100 percent. he's someone who if this didn't happen he'd be on a roof with a sniper rifle yeah he's getting there and it's following them in this first part and what this sets up is three things one it sets up how harold could better himself and it looks like it might not be happening that way it sets up stew witnessing what's going on from a military point of view and then franny is dealing with her stuff there's a bunch of other things that happen we'll talk about in the spoilers, but I think that this is done well. And now that the Captain Trips part is done, I think this will be a much better... It's going to be a cool show, but I think it's going to be more up your alley. The first episode is definitely not up my alley. It's dark. Uh, well, the the way it was directed was visceral. Well, we'll talk about that in the spoiler section, but this is one... For the first episode, it's worth watching. If you're a purist... You need the background. You would enjoy this, I think. Some of the things they've changed are understandable. But we'll see. This is just a pilot episode, so I'm intrigued by this. Originally, this was supposed to be three movies. They said we'll make it to a TV series instead. So, hmm. we'll see. So, I guess that's it for the non-spoiler section. Thank you. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments and what you thought... Email us, spirekin.gmail.com or zanspirekin.com. Remember to like and subscribe and stay tuned for the stingers. Otherwise, I'm your host, Zan. I'm Greta. We're gone, so we'll catch you guys next time and keep watching TV. Mele kalikimaka. Merry Christmas, be safe, and have fun. See ya.
time! Yay! So let's get the hard one out of the way first. We're talking about the stand. And so, like I said, this opens up in the present, in, in Medius Res, when Harold is dealing with, he's now working for the cleaners to clean up boulders so people can find places to live. And when you first see him, he's not doing well at all. He's like the first guy to puke. But you see him evolve into someone that everyone likes. They're really like, I gotta buy a beer with you. You're awesome. You're cool. And Harold is like, accepted. He's taken the opportunity of like the world ending. To better himself. To be a different person. Like when, you, when you've changed your middle school to a different high school and you have the opportunity to reinvent yourself. He's reinventing himself. And he has friends and things are good. However, he can't give up the fact that he's obsessed with Franny and Franny didn't choose him. And this leads to Randall Flagg being like, hey, you could be a normal Joe or you could be a prince with me. Yeah. He's a ticking time bomb waiting to happen. Yeah. And we see how he is because when he's on in the town, his sister, his mom treats him like shit. He gets beaten up for being a creeper, which is understandable. Because he's a creeper. He is. He's a peeping Tom. He's very, like, threatening. Uh, he, like, winks off to a girl's photo. That's a thing. <laughs> he does, and you see that. But he's obsessed with Franny, and Franny was his sister's best friend. He was a babysitter. It's Yeah, and his babysitter, so he's younger than but her. But I think... I think... And a like, lot of young, impressionable boys have had a thing for their babysitters. But he goes to a creepier I think like that's level. a thing, but he does. And the peeping through the the fence. Like when he first sees that she's burying her dad, he's like, and then he walks back a little bit and says, hello, is anybody here? Because he knows she's alive, but he's like, no one will know. He's like pretending that I'm just going to happen by and be like, oh, I'm so glad you're okay. But in the same vein, he and does save not- her life. Right. But she's not an idiot. She knows he's got a thing for her. She has no desire for him. But this is the end of the world and things are going to happen. So, I mean, if there is no one else, I think she... Well, we don't know for now. But So that's what's going on with Who's them. her baby? Who's uh, the baby daddy, I should say? Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He died? Yeah. Baby daddy doesn't matter. Um, but that's going on with them. They're in uh, Maine. And they're the only ones left in the town. And one of the things that's kind of cool is when we're seeing the slow degrade of Harold after his family dies. Because you see he has a nail on his board that she gave him that he puts all of his rejection letters because he's a writer. He's depressed about this. He destroys his laptop. The end happens. And he ends up buying a... Or not buying. He breaks into a store and takes a... Typewriter. Typewriter. And he ends up typing a manifesto, which is very... It already hints that in the beginning, Randall Flagg was there to begin with. And it makes sense. Because the thing is that Franny, when she tries to kill herself, because she does try to kill herself because she's so depressed because her family, she had to bury her family. No one's left and just things are not going well. And she, she tries killing herself by downing a bunch of pills. Harold saves her. But when she's in her death dream, Mother Abigail shows up and says, listen, you're going to be okay. Come see me in Boulder. And that's it. She says it's creepy. It's not that creepy. The when you see the wolf, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. She says that because it's the middle of a cornfield. It says, "Come see me. You'll be okay." 
And she can hear like children kind of giggling and running around. Very child of the corn. Yes, very children of the corn-ish. But for Mother Abigail, she's a very... I think the whole episode was extra creepy for me. Just the way that they portrayed the people with the illness, with the... Yes, so we'll, we'll get we'll we'll get to that next. Actually, so um, that's why I said there wasn't a lot of, that I, I I did not watch a lot of it because it was gross. So yeah, so last thing with Harold. One other thing is we see as he's scouring the town for stuff. There's a scene where he finds a police officer who's dead, and he takes the gun from the cop, which is a smart move if you're in an apocalypse. Arm yourself, but when he gets that gun in his hand, you see him have that gun mania, that. I'm a big man now, you know, and this is going to lead to something with him, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think giving him power is a good thing. No. I mean, if he was a good person, he's not. And Franny, she's a mess. But we see her in the future at the end. She is hooked up with someone and she seems so much better. And Harold is, he has a picture of Tom Cruise smiling with the finger guns. And he practices that because he has to practice looking confident. Yep. Because he's really insecure. That was a nice touch, I think. Yeah. So there's that. Now let's get. And this. there's something to be said about faking it till you make it. Yeah. Um, and he's definitely doing like he's trying to better himself. At first he was, and if he if he stuck on this plan, found someone else, he'd be he'd be successful and do better. Right. But there's a bad guy who's going to tell him not to, tell him to do other stuff. And Well, we'll see. We have to wait and see what happens. But So there's that. And then with Stu, Stu wakes up in a, a facility being monitored by the CDC because he's the only one that out of his friends who's alive. Everyone else is sick. He's okay. And they're just trying to figure out what's going on. And he says, they said, listen, you're the only one who survived. You're healthy. We want to t- we want to test you to see if we can make a cure or something. And he's and he does the right thing. Says, "Yeah, take what you can." Yeah, like okay. And he becomes friends with a doctor who's played by um, what is the doctor played by? A Hamish Linklater, and they have a good rapport. And then at one point, after a little bit of time, he shows up in the middle of the night and says, "Hey, listen, we gotta go." He's like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "Yeah, apparently someone was infected. We need to go now." Like, you're fine, but we... And they end up in a car with a guy named Cobb, who's supposed to be his... Who's another quote-unquote doctor, who's there with him. And they're taking him to a secure facility in Atlanta. And Cobb, from the get-go, he is an asshole. He's rude, he's mean, he's like, if you want, you put the bag over your head, or I'll knock you out. And we know he's he has a big bad over him. Yeah. And as they're trapped in the underground, you see the underground facility for the CDC is super nice. It's like got a fake uh, park in the window. It's well organized. And that's where he's going to stay for a bit, where Stu will stay. And you have the doctor, Dr. Ellis, talking to him, trying to keep him sane, saying, this place is run by a weird uh, general, Dr. Star- or General Skarsky. We haven't seen him, but he's make sure everything's all good. And we're just trying our best to make sure everything while he's dealing with all the other countries. Yeah, because it's a global... It's a global event. We They know... The reason why they're keeping Stu is because he came into contact with Patient Zero. Patient Zero is a guy named Campion who showed up, was sick with his wife and kid, and he begged them for help, and all of his friends got sick. 
and they're and tr- died. they're trying to track down where camping came from and he said yeah he said he was from he stopped here and here and he stopped he started in, he ended up in east texas and he started in california how many rest stops is that it shows and then all of those people know people and all of those people know people and- so it's it's very similar to our current world with the pandemic how it spreads it's but this is a little different because some of the things I don't think would have happened. Like a bunch of people congregated in a church like that. People congregated in churches? No, when they're that sick and that ill. Felt weird. It's like, a, they, I think they would, there'd be like not as many people like that in a church dead. I don't think so. Now with this disease. Well, this one seems to happen fast yeah captain trips happens really fast and the thing is the symptoms which you talked about earlier have been ex- described a little bit like a, it's a super flu and there's some physical deformity symptoms that have never been really depicted unless you read the comics on from marvel comics this version you see it and it gives besides a lot of mucus it gives people kind of a frog throat not kind of a like a big swampy bullfrog like a regular normal average person's neck then the chin underneath the chin jowls expands and reaches their chest and they get all gross looking like they're turning into job of the hut and all snotty and stuff and then they then they die die and uh cop tries to kill and him it's horrible and gross and yeah Ugh. It's gross, but long story. I mean, he kept seeing people throwing up because of its so grossness and. Yeah. It's it's it can't unsee it. Captain Trips is a very dangerous disease, and uh, let's get to the last part about this. So, uh, cop tries to kill Stu. Jim gets in the way. Jim gets killed. Uh, Stu kills Cobb, and then Cap- General Starsky calls him on the overcom, opens the doors, unlocks them, and says, "Come here." Follow the lights. Takes him to his office. He says, here's a gun. When you leave, this way we'll get you out. If you'll indulge me for a minute, he reads a poem. and He, he kills himself in a very classy way. He doesn't shoot himself in the head. He just points a gun on his chest. A very, you know, because he doesn't want to mess up his face. and Because he, he does this because his daughter died. And that's the that was the end for him. But he says there's, there's no one left, and I hope you survive, sir. Well, I think he was getting sick because he sneezed. He's sick, yeah. But it's everyone's getting sick, and it's so it's, he would have he would have died anyway. It's terminal. Yeah, it's but it's a shame. Uh, and but then the ending of the episode, we go back, back to the beginning. Like if I had it, had that, I would want to off myself too. Yeah. A lot of people would. It's kind of disturbing. I mean, but... It's highly disturbing. Like I said, you cannot unsee it. But the end of the episode, after we see Harold ranting and raving like a lunatic, that he he wants revenge because Franny ends up hooked up with Stu. And he hates Stu. He wants to kill Stu. Because Stu took his girl away. Right. Even though she wants nothing to do with him. Even though she's like totally fine being his friend. It's like, dude, just be her friend and just find someone find else. Find a different girl. Right. But it's bad. So anyway, we get to the end of the episode and it shows how Campion escaped. Because it shows him in the facility. He's there playing cards, 
when the alarm goes off, he sees someone who's sick, and he sees that lockdown's going to happen. He's got two minutes before the entire base locks down. If it locked down, the virus would, would be contained. contained However, for some reason, the door by his station is jammed. So he thinks about it for a minute, he thinks about it, he thinks, and then he runs out, gets his family, wakes his wife and his daughter up, and he absconds them away. But as he leaves the station, you the camera pans down, and you see... There was a foot holding the door open. You see the And it's not man. just a foot holding a door, like... Oh, nor, like you would hold the door open for me. But it's a metal strong, strong door... And that's bending, and this foot that looks like it's not even struggling to hold it. Yep. And you see the walking dude. You see Randall Flagg, played to a T by Alexander Skarsgård. And I gotta say, for an introduction for the man in black... This is really cool. Yeah. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar... Randall Flagg is also uh, Wallace, a.k.a. The Man in Black, a.k.a. He's got hundreds of pseudonyms. He is one of the major antagonists in the Stephen King universe. In The Dark Tower, he's the main bad guy that Roland tries to kill. He was played in the movie by Matthew McConaughey. And this one, he it's, and it's even crazier because he's Alexander Skarsgård. He's playing Randall Flagg, who also is connected to the... Um, beings that are known as the, like, essentially It from It. And it's crazy because, yeah, he's related to It in the book, but then his brother, P- play, Bill Skarsgård, played Pennywise in It. So it's like, hey, it's multiple degrees of separation. So anyway, we've gone over all of the crazy bits. First off, great production value, and we care about the characters. Yeah. Like, we like Stu, we like Franny. It makes Franny. you feel... Something you feel grossed out, you feel passionate, you feel angry, you feel makes you makes you feel. And I've heard they've changed a lot from the book. I'm extreme. I'm excited to see the book changed. I'm actually gonna maybe do for the after we finish Dune. This may be up for review, maybe for the uh, book club. We're gonna see. So that so I I give it a really 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 well. I give it a a borrow streaming service from a friend. Because I can't justify paying CBS prices for this. Have a friend who has CBS lend you their code so you could watch it. Or wait till it's all out on a DVD for right now. For the first episode. It's good. If it gets better, we'll let you know. But this first episode, it's like you're worth watching once just so you're not lost. Okay. I give it a worth watching once. Okay. But yeah, that's our thought on that. So now let's get to who is that? Do, 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 do. So who is the winner of the fourth season? Leanne Rhymes. Yes, Leanne Rhymes, a.k.a. The, the Sun. She totally kicked ass. We knew she was going to win. We're very happy she won. As for the other two, the Mushroom, who is the runner-up, the number one runner-up, was Aloe Black. Who was not on my radar at all. Neither was I. And he's a... What other songs does he do? I don't know, but it was kind of interesting hearing him. Like his, falsetto, like... Because yeah. he explained that, one, it's not a dress, it's a stock. But he decided, because it looked like a dress, he emulated his daughter to act like her. Yeah. Which was kind of weird, and he was really too good at that, which brings questions to mind. No, I think if you're a dad playing with a little girl, you get the... 
Oh, little girl things? Yeah. And then in third place, the crocodile was once one of the greatest youth singers of all time. Nick Carter. Back streets back. All right. Uh, I just, do, do, I got, I got, no, uh, I just, I got uh, nothing. He should have been higher up. He, he had was, a great voice. I didn't expect him. No, he did good. But like I said, this season was I was not, more of an sync girl. Yeah, I'm backstreet, but not really. I, I hate both of them, but mm-hmm. no, seriously, you look at my, you, you know, I have only played it from high school still. So I just, this season, like I love Leanne Rhymes. She was great. Popcorn was great. There was a lot of great contenders, but overall, this season compared to other seasons was not that strong. Maybe it's because they're the only ones who are willing to go out. I don't know. No, I thought they were stronger. I thought it was awesome, but I didn't like the setup of the grouping of A, B, C, and then doing yeah. that. Yeah, I they, didn't like the mechanic of it. They need to fix the mechanics. I think they should get rid of the standoff somehow, fix it. But that's for next season. We will keep watching and talking about it. But yeah was well done we were wrong well no well and now let's get to the one that i'm excited for the one i've been waiting for because i want to rush to it mandalorian finale holy shit holy shit holy shit so much happened so much happened should we start with the beginning or start with the ending start with the beginning so from last episode we know that they know where moff gideon's ship is they need help they need to find a way in and they need assistance so first off they find the uh, doctor, because he'd know all the intel, and when they jack him, the uh, Imperial Guard, the pilot, proceeds to shoot his co-pilot, because his co-pilot's like, don't hurt me, uh, I'm just the pilot. He shoots him, and then he proceeds to shit-talk to Cara Dune about Alderaan. In like a really vicious way, like, he's like, I see the tear. Yeah, I was on the Death Star. Which one? Funny. You know, when we destroyed your little planet, it was a, it was a step to against terrorism it's like no it wasn't Mm -mm. in a new hope pretty much leia's like we have no weapons we're a peaceful planet and moff tarkin just like yeah you shouldn't have trusted me i need to test this somehow anyway he did it just to test it because he's a douchebag grand moff tarkin was an asshole and this guy was told, was just he was drinking the same Kool Aid that the commander was the last episode. Yep. Where Empire die or ride or die. But I don't know if it was. Do you think that he was, um, not blackmailed? Who? Not the, no. The I think the doctor said innocent. I think that the um, the pilot there was something really wrong with him. Like he's. Saying shit to someone who has a gun to his head who will blow his brains out. But do you think he was, like, indoctrinated? Yes. I think he was indoctrinated. That's probably the best example for it, that he's been brainwashed. Uh, However, from here, uh, we end up finding out that. And then they need some more help, so they end up getting Bo-Katan and one of her Mandalorian friends. And it's cool, because it's a bar scene where they show up where it's Boba Fett and Mando showing up. Mandalorian says, I need help. They stole the child. And then Boba Fett talks. And Bo-Katan looks at him and says, You're not Mandalorian. He's like, I never said I was. And she brings up the fact that he's a clone in a way where it's insulting. And he says, Well, I might be the last voice you ever hear. He's like, I've heard your voice hundreds of times. 
So it's there's contention there, and I love that because she was around for the Clone Wars, so she knows. There's some banter. But they end up working together. They end up going to Moff Gideon's ship where the doctor gives them everything. It says where the kid is, what's on the ship, and talks about the dark troopers that we saw last episode because we thought it was just an armor. No, they're droids because they had to get rid of the human element. Yep. Even though in the fight sequence, you think about it, a human would have figured out that punching something that's not breaking doesn't work. I could do something else. Those robots really didn't. No, they were making a difference. They were denting it and getting in. They just had to do it many, many, many times. No, or they're hitting his head against the when if, in the fight scene. They're just hitting his head into the thing. Yeah, but it was hitting into the wall. True. Eventually, if they broke the wall, they would have snapped his head off. True. I didn't think about that. Good point. Greta is smart. Very smart. I am smart. So they end up doing a siege in a really smart way where they take a stolen Lambda fighter, have Boba Fett shoot at them, and they say, we need help, we're being shot at. And then when they land in the shuttle bay, they'll siege, and Mando will go separately and get the kid back. And this is total girl power scene, because it's Cara Dune, it's uh, Jorah um, Shad, and you have the two Mandalorians, who are Bo-Katan and her... her second in command Mm -hmm. and the four girls are kicking ass shooting everybody and meanwhile you have mando going down with his beskar pike just gonna go take care of the dark troopers and and what was he supposed to do what was the one rule he was supposed to leave what's his name alone yes because that's the deal bo katan said she said listen i don't care what happens gideon is mine he has the dark saber. I need the dark saber. Do not hurt him. Leave him for me. Yes, leave him for me. And and you could take him back to the Republic. I don't care. Leave him for me. So they're doing that. Mando ends up fighting the dark troopers, which they have their own theme song, which is really menacing and scary. It's like Maximilian from the black hole level of menacing because you hear him just and seeing them it's imposing it's not like the stormtroopers these are horrifying almost yeah and seeing them attack and assault uh, a glass door trying to get at mando is scary and one of them almost kicked his ass yeah if he didn't uh, improvise with that pike he would have been dead yes but he got smart as he's fighting. He ends up spacing all of them. Which? It's a smart move. I called. They're not people. You can't space a robot. You they could... don't need oxygen. Yes. And they can fly. Yes. But if they didn't have jetpacks, we would we would not have done it. But a... if they didn't have jetpacks, they wouldn't have taken uh, Grogu, Grogu yeah. and flown off. So we already knew they had jetpacks. True. So Mando gets to Grogu's cell, takes out the two uh, guards in very distraught up vicious ways opens the door and there's grogu with his handcuffs on and you have over his head moff gideon with the dark saber ready to kill him and he's like drop your blaster kick it to me and Mano's like i don't care take the dark saber take whatever you want i just want him i don't give a shit what's going on and first moff gideon's like yeah you know what you're right get off my ship take the kid i already got everything i need from him but, as we all know... It can't end with that. Mr. Epizito is a bastard. So, the minute he goes to save him, he tries to attack him, they get into a fight. 
and ends up where Bando disarms him, has the pike to his neck, and Moff Gideon's like, you didn't kill me. This should be interesting. Yep. Uh, Bo-Katan and the girls take over the ship. There is a scene which is kind of useless where it's uh, Cara Dune using her Gatling gun. It stops and she kind of messes with it for a little bit. She uses it as a club and then she's like, I'm trying to fix it. And like, you need help? No, 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 I got this. That just felt really out of place. Really? The Cara Dune moment just seemed like it just didn't add anything. For me, it made the world feel more real. Like, guns don't always work. Yeah, but just it just felt like, womp, womp. Let's add this funny moment because it's funny. Okay. Like Cara Dune, there are so many other characters. Get someone else, please. Just. But anyway. So we end up, he ends up on the bridge, and he's holding, he has Grogu in one hand, he's got Moff Gideon in front of him tied up, and what's in his other hand? The Black Saber! The Dark Saber. Dark and Saber! And Bo-Katan's like, what did you do? He's like... He's like, I brought him to you. You said, I brought him don't, to you? Don't, you, don't hurt you him. Save him for you. Here's the blade. Ta-da! And Moff Gideon's like, no, 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 you don't understand. That's yours. You want it off me. But first he's like, are you going to take it from him now? Are you going to kill him now to take it? It's like, it doesn't matter. You can't yield. You can't give it. It has to be won. Even though, point of contention, in Clone Wars, Bo-Katan was given the Darksaber by Sabine. And someone said, oh, they're the same house. They're not family. They're the same clan, but different family. Um... Friend of the podcast, Doug, and I will go on a major thing on this because he knows much more. Maybe we'll get um, his fr- his definitely special his... person because she's a Mandalorian nut. Yeah. We'll have her come on to explain it because it's kind of confusing. But Who is also a friend of the podcast. She is a friend of the podcast also. Very true. So, while well, they're arguing, who attacks the ship as Greta called... The dark troopers, and they're yeah, going to kill. Yeah, because you can only space them for so long. They have rockets on them. So they're coming back. They're invading the ship, and they're going to kill everybody except for Grogu and Moff Gideon, who pulls out a gun, tries to shoot them. But then... What? How could they possibly get out of this? How could they do this? A lone X-Wing flies in. And at first, you're like, it's a lone X-Wing. Maybe a platoon's coming. It's one. But you see Grogu touch the screen suddenly. He perks up. I'm like... No. Yeah. A lone, a lone X-wing, and it's not in Republic colors. It's in classic, uh, the original trilogy colors. It's that red color. I'm like, no, 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 no. And yes. then you see a figure in a cloak walk out, and I'm like, no, 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 no. This figure is fighting the clone troopers on a black and white screen with a lightsaber. I'm like, no way. But then, is it a green lightsaber? When you see it in color, you see the green lightsaber with the black glove on his right hand and no glove on his left hand. It's Luke Skywalker! It's so fucking cool! Oh my god, I was so geeking out. I'm like, oh my god, it's Luke Skywalker. It's Luke Skywalker. It's Luke Skywalker. And, and it's- there's one moment where he, he comes out of the elevator or the bay or the door opens or whatever and he starts fighting and choking people with the Jedi chokehold and... And you see slicing, a PPE. And you see it. It look well. It looks like to my eye, like a PPE. No, the stunt man was wearing a PPE. I have yep. pictures of this. I put it up on Facebook. I'm going to put this up on the website. Yep. Check it out. It's he's wearing a PPE. But the point is, it's Luke fighting and beating the hell out of these 
droids. And this is the Luke Skywalker we've been waiting for. Not old man who's going to throw the fucking lightsaber away like in the, the fucking sequel trilogy. This is Luke Skywalker, the Jedi Master, who is kicking ass. And then to top it off, there is a scene when he comes out of the elevator. It is mimicking the scene with Darth Vader in Rogue One where you don't see him. And then you just see the blade go off and he goes crazy. Yep. Luke is Anakin Skywalker's son with all his powers. And you see him using the Force in ways that his father would have done. You see him crushing robots with just the Force. Yep. And I love that when Gideon looks and sees it on the screen, he immediately tries to kill the kid, fails, that he puts the gun on himself, and Cara Dune knocks the gun out and knocks him out. Like, nope, you don't get to go out that way. And then we see him walk into the room, take off his hood, and yes, it is Luke Skywalker in a really bad deep fake, but it's Mark Hamill's voice, which makes it. So he is going to take Grogu and teach him the ways of the Force. And it's sad because we see Mando holding it, holding Grogu, looking at him. And Luke says, he's waiting for your permission. It's kind of that moment of, go away, go away, you dumb dog. I don't want you anymore. Just go when you're letting a dog go. And it's so sad. And you almost have to kick the dog. Yeah. And you see him saying, you go, you'll be okay. And Grogu is just touching his helmet. And you see... Mando, remove his helmet, and you see Jin Jaren, and you see Baby Grogu, uh, Baby Grogu touching his face, and he's like, "Don't be afraid." And it's a very poignant goodbye. Uh, there were ninjas chopping lots of onions in the yeah. in the apartment, and he and he puts him down. He takes Luke, picks him up, and then we see the second favorite character. Of all the Star Wars series, R two D two. He rolls up. He goes, boop, 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 boop. and he's there. And then th- this is the part that a lot of people are complaining about: is bringing the Skywalkers in. Everyone has to know the Skywalkers, and they're the only Jedi's. But if you think about it, at this time, ninety nine point nine percent of all Jedi have been killed. Ahsoka doesn't count because Ahsoka isn't a Jedi. She's not a Jedi. She's not Sith. She's neutral. That's why she survived. She's neutral. And Luke is the last Jedi Master, so it makes sense that he's the one that would hear the call. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are against it, but I'm like, I'm fine with it having this little sprinkle in there. As long as next season we get more of the adventures of Mandalorian. Because now it's interesting because at the end of the series, Jin Jarn has a space cruiser. Jin Jarn also has the Darksaber. He's technically heir to the throne of Mandalore. Yep. So this should be interesting. Is he going to try to reunite all the different Mandalorians? Is he going to become an insane despot? What will happen? So many options. This is a really, really, really fucking cool. This episode was amazing. But then, the Stinger, which at first we thought was a sequel. This is going to be next season. Is going to be a different main character. But no, it's a new series. Because the end of the season... We return once again to Tatooine, and we see the former hut Jabba's palace. And when it goes in, it goes to the throne room, and who is sitting on Jabba's throne and looks like he has gained a lot of weight? Yeah. Bib Fortuna, who was very thin and like he was the perfect majordomo for 
He not him. no more. He is fat and like old, and he's like, <sighs> he took after Jabba too much. Part of me thinks the throne is cursed, so whoever sits there becomes a hut. Could be. But he sits there, and you hear gunfire go off, and you see Shard come down, and then you see Boba come down, and first Shard shoots uh, the slave girl who's tied up, who's a Twi'lek. She runs off, and Bib's, Bib's, Bib's like, Oh, Boba, it's been so long. We thought you were dead. Um, I'm sorry I didn't look for you. We're all good, though, right? What does Boba do? Kills him. He shoots him point blank, walks up to the throne, Kicks him off the throne, and then you see Shard in the back going to the bar, grabbing some wine, and Boba just sits down on the throne. She sits down on his armrest, takes a swig, makes it home. And now the next season series will be the Book of Boba Fett. So the question is, is Boba Fett now in charge of a criminal empire, or is he killing everybody? What's going to happen? So I'm excited to see these two series. I think it's well done. Overall, what do you think about the season? I love it. I can't wait for more. It was a concise series, and this makes me re-love Star Wars. And there's so much in it. I know, I really want to rewatch Star Wars. This makes me like Star Wars again. This makes me want to watch the original trilogy and watch Rogue I think One. we should rewatch Star Wars. Like, there's even some elements which talk about the original trilogy or not the prequels and i'm fine with that the new trilogy i'm it was such a misstep and they fucked up so much in the new trilogy that this is a course correction and i it's good to see that you know jj abrams said i want to do star wars and he screwed it up but if you give it to someone like john favreau and dave filoni you will have a good You can tell Star that Febro and what's his name have like love, honor, respect, and passion. Yeah. And there and I am excited for all the new series that are coming out. I mean you have Ahsoka coming out. You have we talked about this in our D our Disney investors meeting, but you have Ahsoka coming out. You have Rangers of the New Republic, which that one I think is going to be a dumpster fire. If it is a Cara Dune show, I really think that I'd rather it be the the two X wing pilots. They're the main characters. That would be cool. Um, what else is there? Uh, there's the Bad Batch, which looks phenomenal because the Bad Batch, for those you don't know, it's about a bunch of clone troopers that have been screwed up. They're clones number ninety nine. Their batch went wrong, so they're all physical deformities, which are, like, not really deformed. It's like one is bulkier, one has no hair, and one has bigger eyes, and one's super intelligent, and but they're considered the rejects, but they're, like, the best team. Yeah. Because they have these enhancements, so it's kind of cool. That series is going to be intriguing. Also, they're remaking Droids, the TV show. So more with uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO, which a lot of people have hate on him. That's sad. Yeah, C-3PO is Menza Menza. I wish they never introduced him as being made by Anakin Skywalker. That's my only complaint. I liked it because he made him when he was little. I would rather have him just been a protocol droid. But uh, that's, I think that's it. So we've talked about our shows. But now that we are done with two of our shows, what are we going to do? Well, we have the stand for now. And um, we're going to find another TV show to watch. Something good. I know somebody's saying, what about uh, the Netflix shows like Mr. Iglesia? Well, Mr. Iglesia is awesome. That is a really, really, really fucking cool. That has to be a one-shot. 
Yep. Unfortunately, like shows like that have to be one shots. This podcast works when it's week by week. I think the next TV show might be Stargirl. Yeah. Because season two is coming, coming out. Maybe Stargirl. Maybe not. Maybe Flash. Uh, what else did we watch besides Stargirl? During that time. It was Stargirl and it was... Oh! The Train. It was Snowpiercer season yep. two. Which I'm curious... Isn't that getting ready to come out again? Actually, I am curious when... We're going to do a quick little thing and you're going to hear me typing, which you usually never do. I'm just curious, when is Snowpiercer coming out for season two? So... Snowpiercer season two. But if you want to recommend any stuff for us to watch, join our Discord at tinyurl.com forward slash Spira Discord. And join in on the conversation. Comment and let us know what you think. Oh, we only have a month to go. Yeah, it's. I was going to say, it's coming out soon. It's in one month, so we only have a month to kill, so we will find something quick to fill our time. There has to be some TV show. Maybe Magnum. Ooh. Do we really want to do Magnum P.I.? Maybe we'll do a retro show. Let us know what, what you think. What about Magnum P.I.? Hawaii Five-O? No, that's too long. Five, five, oh. Well, let us know what you think. Email us. Spark.com. What shows do you think we should do? Um, anyway, with that in mind, I'm Zan. I'm Greta. We're Gonesville. Catch you guys next time. And keep... Watching TV. We'll see you. Bye.